Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to season two of The Visible Artist. My name is Sophie Loxton Lucas, and I'm delighted to bring you this conversation with self-taught street artist Centrock. I absolutely loved visiting Scent Rock's beautiful studio in the heart of Pilsen, Chicago. The space is split into two. At the back of the building is his creative studio, packed with sketches taped to walls, shelves lined with spray cans and print screens stacked up. And at the front, facing the street, is a light-filled, white-walled room with large artworks, art books and his distinctive bird mask figurines on display. It is rare to come across a celebrated street artist with such an accessible presence in his community in this way. Passers-by can look in through the windows and enjoy seeing the work on the walls. Scentrock uses his own distinctive moniker of a human figure wearing a bird mask to explore and celebrate his personal history. Inspired by the bird as a symbol of escape and imagination, Scentrock has painted different versions of his character on over 15 murals across the city. Commissions include City of Chicago, Chicago Fire and National Geographic. And most recently, Scent Rock brought his world to life in 2D and 3D form with his first solo museum exhibition titled The Boy Who Wanted to Fly at Elmer's Art Museum. We discuss why his open approach to his community is so important to him and how it feels to put such emotive works onto public walls. We also explore his journey from painting graffiti to exhibiting with galleries and museums and how he maintains his authentic voice when working on commissions. Centrock is such an open, warm person who is truly inspiring in his approach to his work and his path as an artist. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation. We are here live from Centrock Studios in Pilsen, neighborhood of Chicago. Hi, Centrock. Thank Hi. you for having me in your studio space. Of course. I am honored that you, you know, flew all the way over here to just visit me in my studio. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much got straight <laughs> off the plane and came here. <laughs> it's interesting sitting here. This is sort of a gallery, half gallery, almost half studio space for you, isn't it? It is. It's not really, not really. Like, okay. I don't utilize it as a gallery okay. space. Like, I don't have people come and like, look at my art. Do you want to buy something? You know, mm, it's more like yeah. 
let me get all these works out of my back workspace <laughs> and just hang them up so they're not like just taking up space everywhere. Mm. But like, yeah, it feels, it feels, I try to compartmentalize my space. Yeah, it feels like a gallery space anyway. You've got white walls and your artworks. We've got this really That's large true. painted piece here. And That's true. I'm going to paint over the white walls. Yeah? Like, I want it to feel more cozy, not like a gallery. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I was wondering, like, why does it feel so like, gallery-esque and it has to be the white walls i'm gonna yes. over them i think it's the white walls the spotlights the spotlights it's and the fact s- that it says gallery up front yeah <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah you have these big windows so people yeah, yeah people can look in and see you which is quite unusual for an artist to have this sort of almost shop front That's space true. i'm very uh what's the word like up front to my community i'm very like face forward mm-hmm. like i'm here in the community, I do work, you know, because I want to inspire the community. So. Mm. And when you say community, who do you mean? I think I mean, you know, the immediate surroundings, that, mm-hmm. you know, but also in general, like the Latino community and culture. Mm. And tell me more about this neighborhood, Pilsen. Like, why is this, why is it important for you to be here? Um. Well, you know, you got the National Museum of Mexican Art, mm-hmm. like a block away from me. You have about 50 Mexican restaurants all down 18th Street. You got galleries. And, you know, predominantly it's a Mexican neighborhood. I'm Mexican-American. And it, it feels like home, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel, it feels good to be here. And do you bring that into your work? I feel like this piece here we're looking at, that could be. Oh, yeah. Good. That's a good eye. Yeah. Some of the, like, you know, it's just art is going to reflect its environment at some point. And so I think there's a little bit of elements of like me taking my, my outside, you know, view and applying it to my work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, let's start by talking about your work because it seems incredibly personal, almost autobiographical and it celebrates your culture. Like I think talking about your work will reveal quite a lot about you as an artist and your journey. That's very true. I feel like this might get, very personal. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Because, yeah, my work is definitely mm. it's re- uh, a reflection of, like, my journey or my life type of thing. Mm. So can you tell me about, about your work and some of the themes? And, of course, I'm thinking of the bird mask character, which always comes up almost yeah. straight away when people think of you. Right. Yeah, so, like, my signature character is a, a bird mask character. You know, started off just kind of... It started off me just painting like cartoon birds and then painting like cartoon bird characters. And then now I kind of evolved it into more of a mask that I want people to kind of see themselves. They could put themselves in it or they know that what's the story, like what's the person behind the mask? Like what's that story about? So I've been able to like, you know, share like this visual narrative of different storylines of my, you know, my personal life. But then also I feel like, like I said, my community, like what we go through and stuff like that. A bird is such a evocative image. Like everyone's looked up at the sky, seen birds and seen them flying. Right. The, um, yeah, they're so, they're so, I don't want to say common, but they're everywhere. You know, mm. birds are everywhere. I was reading an article um, by Colossal mm-hmm. and it was talking about the more illustrative works that you did about your family and then your neighborhood. And I saw right. that picture of you and your mother 
oh, when you right. were really young right. and then you <laughs> and then you painted a picture of you yeah. with the butt it was really it felt like such an intimate charming image and picture of you yeah very personal yeah it was, it was very personal I guess in a way I take a lot of or I channel a lot of emotions or ideas through my work mm. and then I feel like I do that too because not only just for my own you know mental being but also I know there's tons of people that might relate to that you know mm. maybe they were raised you know with a single mother so they could relate to that image yeah I think yeah that's why I do it too because it's like all right if I went to this I know there's thousands millions of other people you know young Mexican kids that grew up in the same situation mm. And you've depicted your character so from such a young age with the bird mask and then yeah. as he grows older <laughs> and other characters as right. other people as well, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I want people to different walks of life to be able to resonate with it. Mm. And talking of street art, there often is a character and a story, isn't right. there? And did you consciously create the character with that in mind or was it much more organic the way it came about? That's a little bit of both. You know, naturally you have to allow the process to take place, mm. but also you have to keep kind of like taking one step in the right direction. Yeah, if you hear that, I apologize. <laughs> We're on a busy street. <laughs> Diesel trucks just like to drive by. Um, but yeah, I, I think it has to be, you know, two parts. It has to be organic. You have to allow the process to take its place, but you also have to take the right direction, you know, one take your steps where you want to go. Mm. So for like my character, it started off, yeah, graffiti was my original way of, of creating work. And then everybody, you know, in graffiti art, you have a name, you have your, your alias, your moniker. And so for me, I just kind of channeled the same way. Like, all right, this was my, my nickname. Now this is my character, you know, like these are the letters. This is the character. Mm. And you, it's really developed now because you can buy, can you buy figurines of the character? And you can. I mean, they're all sold out now. Yeah. So. But they were created. So it's they really were cool. created, vinyl figures, worked with companies. We have plushes, we've done rugs, we've done merchandise, we've done a ton <laughs> of stuff. And people love it, you know. Mm. People, like I said, it's sold out. Not to try to like flex, like, oh, I did that. But that people are resonating with the story of this character. And you've painted murals all over Chicago using this character, haven't you? Yeah, and that, that's been a very, um, I guess, a testament to the work, too, is that big brands are wanting to work with me, and they're like, no, we want you to, to do your character, mm. which has been dope, because I'm like, I just finished up a mural for the National Geographic, and then I'm like, all right, I could do, you guys like, you know, nature and this and that. And then I'm like, um, should I do my character? And they're like, yes, we want you to do your character. Like, that's what, you know, that's why we come to you, basically. Yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, really so basically I got paid by National Geographic to do super dope mural downtown. And I basically got paid to paint my character, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to talk more about your experiences working with brands and okay. commissions. But before we get onto that. Okay. Can you just tell me about how you got into being a street artist in the first place? Okay, yeah. I have personally worked with street artists in um, the US and the UK, but it's usually through galleries like print studios, like All Star Press. And, yeah. Uh, the street art world, that is, so 
I've worked with them, but more within the context of the, the, the more traditional gallery world, but the actual street art world is more of a mystery. I'd love to hear about how you became a street artist and what that world is like from your perspective, right, like right, actually right. painting on the streets. Right. Yeah. I got into doing street art in the, I guess the traditional way that a lot of young kids growing up in the hood do it. They just, they see graffiti, you know, they see their older homies doing graffiti and you're like, yo, let me pick up a can and mm -hmm. let's go run around in the middle of the night and let's go just tag on anything we can and get our name up and then the next day at school we'll brag to our homies like yo did you see our tag and it was like you know it looks super trash but it's like you know that's how i got into it me and my friends and we thought we were like you know just just on top of the world you know we'll get one little tag on a rooftop somewhere and we thought we were doing something and so that's how i got into it and then like i said it evolved with me doing so i always had the nickname scent since high school so I would take the S, E, and in the E, I'll turn that into like a character's face. Or I'll do the S, E, and T, and then I'll do a character next to it. Or like, so then that's how like my character started to evolve into mm -hmm. my, my letters. And then I just really started, you know, the, the storytelling side of it. I'm like, all right, I like doing this. This is fun. This is allowing me to kind of get some pent up energy or whatever when I go do graffiti. But it's like, all right, let me also now share a story. Because at that time... Well, most, most of my life, my pops have been in and out of prison. And then so around that same time, I remember sending him pictures of like my art and different things. And in a way, it was to, in my head, I'm like, yo, I'm going to inspire him, which I think, you know, he appreciated. But also for me, it was like, all right, how do I deal with this? You know, mm. so it was, it, you know, it was those two things that allowed me to take my graffiti background as a teenager and then evolved the storytelling with what I was going through in my life and channeling that. And that's when you started then painting the larger pieces. Right. So, yeah. So then I would just start creating artworks, you know, and, and doing stories. Like if I were to paint, maybe not so much of a legal wall, but a space that was like, all right, let's say an abandoned warehouse. Mm -hmm. Let me go paint something. Then I would do my character. Or I would write something or I would do a little bit more storytelling. So then, yeah, evolved from there, and people would see my work. Galleries would see my work. They would see my stickers up. They would see little, you know, little things that I would do around the city. So I got my first show, and then from there, that was like, oh wow, like it wasn't like, oh wow, I'm gonna get rich off of this, but it was like, oh, okay, I can make some money to sustain what I'm doing. Mm. My family don't have to worry about me, you know, and and then I just kind of like fell in love with like the idea of creating work. And presenting it to the people in, in a direct way through like galleries or, or working with different, you know, brands like that. So essentially you just kept making the work and putting it out there in the city where you could find spaces. Yeah, it started off super, super organic. Like, mm. you know, if there was like alleys, I'll go in an alley, I'll paint something. If there was abandoned warehouses, I'll go paint abandoned warehouses. If there was like where the trains are at on the side of train, you know, like where um, anywhere I would go and try to do my thing. But then also at that time I was going to school downtown, downtown Chicago, and I would just take the train and I would put stickers up everywhere. I would do my little tags everywhere. And I would, I would, I wasn't just doing my character. I was also doing like random little, you know, random little things that street artists do. They mm -hmm. just try to, you know, and 
people caught on. Yeah. Yeah. So people just started to take notice and then try to get in touch with you and show yeah, your work. Yeah. So then galleries, you know, would try to reach out. And then I'm like, oh my God, there's galleries reaching out to me? Like, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah. Like, yes, I do want to work. And I would just, you know, work with any gallery that kind of, that kind of reached out at that time. Cause mm. I was just like, the fact that anybody's noticing it on that level meant a lot. Yes. Yeah. I can imagine. And were you creating work that was suitable for galleries at that point? Like, did you have artworks available? Um, I didn't really have, like, I didn't have like a body of work. Like I didn't even know what that meant. You know, mm -hmm. now I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm working on this body of work for yeah. this exhibition. <laughs> but then it's like, Oh, I got these random, you know, things that I just painted. So I did create a ton of work and drawings and paintings and my murals. And I remember printing them out at school. I put together a little folder and then I went to a lot of galleries. Like, yo, like work with me. Like, what do you think? You think this is dope? Like, this is dope, right? You want to work with me? And, you know, a lot of guys are like, oh, it's cool. You know, like pat on the head, like keep it up, dude. Like, but I remember one gallery, they reached out and they're like, oh, we'll make a studio visit. And that time I didn't have a studio. I was renting out a room and then the, the house that I was renting out of, they let me use the basement kind of sort of to work. They didn't let me. They just weren't like, no, you can't. So mm. I'm like, all right. So this gallery owner came over to my house and I showed her, like, yo, let's go to my basement. And it was like super dark <laughs> and dingy. And she's probably like, oh my God, like, what did I get myself into? And then I just showed her some of my works that I was working on. And it was like on found wood because I didn't have no money. It was like found wood, random little pieces of trash <laughs> and she's like oh this is cool yeah let's do something so so she saw the potential and did she then help you put together a show guide you in that direction i think yeah she definitely helped she definitely helped guide she, she helped really just kind of you know uh what's the word like propel like what i was doing like kind of gave me that that battery charge you know mm. like yeah this is good Let's let's do something, mm -hmm. and yeah. From there, then I just like this is the opportunity that I needed, so I just went crazy. Probably did like thirty pieces. And can you tell me about the gallery shows that you've done since? I mean, I did this really cool art fair. It's called the Other Art Fair. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've heard last of that year. One. <laughs> yeah, that went crazy. <laughs> I worked the All Star Press on that. Everything sold out in a blink of an eye. No, but it was fun. We did it, and then I've done. A lot of gallery shows in Chicago, but right now I work with a gallery called Vertical, my most recent like work that we, you know, exhibition. I have one next year with Vertical, and then later on this year I have one with ThinkSpace out of LA. And so I'm kind of being a little bit, you know, selective now. Now I'm like, I got to pick and choose what I want to do with my work. Mm. And the works that you put together for Vertical are not quite using your bird mask character in the same way are they you've kind of gone in a slightly different direction yeah i i went a different direction with my with that work i didn't stick to the sign you know my signature bird mask two reasons i guess it just maybe i just felt like i wanted to get something off my chest and i want i didn't want to feel no pun intended i didn't want to feel caged in yeah. you know like i just wanted to yeah. So I did it and I really liked it. Like I really liked what I was creating and I was like, I just got to keep on this channel. Like I didn't know how people were going to perceive it. I didn't know if my usual audience was going to appreciate it as much. Because it's like, you know, it's like if you go to 
I don't know, if you go to something that you typically always like and they don't have what you typically always like, you might be a little upset. Like, mm-hmm. all right, well, I'm disappointed. I typically come to, um, I'm trying to think, your coffee shop for a latte. I'm like, oh, we don't serve lattes today. We're only doing pour overs. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, you want me to digest this? But, you know, it, it was a good step for me. Did the show go well? The show went well. The show went well. People came. People loved it. I felt like people saw a different side of my work. I kind of explained it in a more... If a lot of my bird mask characters is very like... You know, the, the bird mask represents almost a sense of freedom and hope. And for this was almost like... It's still that. But it's a little bit more like, yo, this is the situation that we're in. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the situations that these characters are are very much like in the thick of like you know street stuff and mm. and i try to like put a spin on it so it wasn't over the top with like oh that's a gun oh that's drugs oh that's police this that that it was just a little bit more fun away yeah. but it just you know it, it, i just had to get it off my chest so people could interpret it i suppose at different levels yeah like i tried not to make it you know if people knew what it is they know what it is but mm. You know, if they don't know, they're still going to see, like, a fish that has the fish girl as a, as a fish. But, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a way that's, that represents, like, cocaine or um, there's, like, a, someone on skates. You know, that kind of represents, like, someone pulling up and then skating off on whatever, you yeah. know. So <laughs> I know we're going deep. We could go a different direction. We could go back in a whole different direction. But, yeah, yeah so, yeah. Well, it's interesting talking about this because I suppose when you're painting on public walls, it's right. a different audience that you're painting right. for than making artwork that people might 100%. want to put in their house. I mean, I know some artists feel like they have to be quite commercial with that. Like, they need right. to sell the work. Right. And how far do you push it with right. yeah, what you're true. creating? Yeah, I think that's why this exhibition, I pushed it Yeah, as honest to me. Um, and then when I do my commercial work, I feel okay with what I what I give because it's still an extension of me. It's still something that I built and I stand behind it 100%. Mm. Like, you know, sometimes I don't even want to bring this up, but sometimes there's negative comments like, oh, all you do is the bird mask. All you do oh, really? is that same character. Like, that's why you get opportunity and it's like yo honestly when you first start off this goes out to like you know young up-and-coming artists when you first start off you gotta really sell yourself you know what i mean you gotta really be like no i stand a hundred percent behind this weird character i made mm-hmm. whether you don't recognize it you don't know it you don't understand it this is what i created this is what i offer to the world and you you know you gotta solidify it i'm surprised that people would make those negative comments in that direction i'd almost f- think that they like the bird mask character so much that they always want you to do that and they wouldn't want you to explore in any other directions so yeah. i'm thinking honestly of- it's not even that deep they're just they're just jealous yeah because <laughs> it's like you know every time i go to their page like all right who said this it's somebody that gets like five likes and they don't get no mm. traction on their art people have used that before and have said that before mm. like i'm sure people say that to um any big name artist, like, oh, all you do is that. Yes, you yeah. Know? Or, oh, it's just this. It's because you see them, you know. We can't see sometimes the people talking negative because we don't, you know, they're not in our our view. That's a good thing when you're in somebody's view. Like, oh, they see your work. Like, that mm-hmm. means it, it has a platform to be seen. 
And how about people who now collect your work? Because that is, again, something that's quite different from right. painting on the streets to showing in a gallery. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful for the people that collect my work, but I don't make my work for collectors, mm -hmm. you know? I don't make it like, oh, I have this person in mind so they could hang this piece. It's like, I'm going to create it. If someone buys it, that's amazing. That means that they really resonated with the work. And if not, then on to the next canvas or yeah. on to the next, you know. <laughs> well, you mentioned earlier when we were talking in your studio space that you like to leave all of that side to the gallery and just focus on making the work. Right. Yeah, I think some artists are able to do the business side. They're able to build frames. They're able to stretch their canvas, hang it, do their whole, you know, SEO for their website. And for me, I know that's not my strength. I have strengths of, yo, let me just create. Let me connect to people on a genuine one-to-one -one level. You know, when it comes to business side, that's not my strength. Mm. But I'll work with a gallery. I'll work with maybe like a project manager. Like, yeah, they're going to take their cut. But at least I know it's allowing me to do what I want to do. Because, you know, at the end of the day, time is money too. Like if you're spending time doing everything else, that's you're still investing your own money into that. So me, I'd rather just invest my money or my time in a different way. That leads me on to your collaborations and working with brands. Is that something you do yourself? Do you directly work with them or do you have an agent? Like how yeah. does it work? No, I have no agent. I have no representation. I, you know, I work with the team and I work with people and gallery owners and stuff, but I don't have anybody going out there to try to sell me per se or try to go to the table and like, here's his you know, CV or hers is resume or portfolio, you know, what, which is, is it's amazing that everything's just happened off organically. Like when I did the Converse shoe, they hit me up directly and I had to like double check, like, yo, is this <laughs> from Converse.com? Like what's going on? Like, you know, or like when some of these brands hit me up, I'm just like, wow. Like, like going back to what I was saying about the set, you know, 17 year old me, I have to take a step back and be like, wow, that's, that's, that's amazing. Yes. I've spoken to a few artists that have had the same experience. They can't believe that it's actually the, the brand that's getting in touch and they not sure what to expect really. Yeah. Cause you kind of have this idea of these companies as like this big conglomerate. Mm -hmm. And then when they hit you up, it's like, you know, someone our age that's like, Hey, how's it going? We want to work with you, you know? And it's like, mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Like it's, it's the, you know, the wizard behind the curtain. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. It's just a person. And are they still happy for you to bring the personal side to your work into the commissions? I believe so. I'm not even sure. If I'm going to be honest, I'm not even sure. I really never know what the brands, what their optics are of my work, like how they, how they see it. They just know that people relate to it, mm. you know? And I think that's, that's something that you can never get taken away from you. If people genuinely like your work, like your audience is probably different than my audience. So I think that's sometimes why these brands like it. Like, all right, we're going to work with Sophie because her audience is in the UK. And mm -hmm. then I'm going to work with Scent for his audience in the, you know, Chicago area. Um, but as, as long as you have your, your audience, I think that's what they, these brands kind of go for more than anything. They're not like, oh, this is very good artistic portrayal. <laughs> and I like the aesthetic. They're just more like, oh, you got eyes like dope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, I hate to say it, but it comes down to that. You know? Yeah. I, there's been such a huge 
<laughs> increase in brands being interested in artists over the last few years. But I think there's different approaches, isn't there? There's painted walls, there's murals, there's street art. And sometimes those can be quite muddled. Is that ever tricky? Where I just think there's so much depth to your work and stories. And sometimes I think brands just want a painted wall that doesn't say much. Is that something you've come across or is it a problem or, or not really for you? Um, the way I deal with it is that it's like me and you having a conversation. You might want to talk about something and I might want to talk about something else. But at the end of the day, when we sit down and talk, whatever we talk about, and that's how it is with the brands. Like, They want to share their product. I want to share what I'm doing. So we're going to meet in the middle. We're going to have a handshake. All right, great. Great, great work. You say what you want to say. I say what I want to say. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to leave and I, I'm going to go say what I want to say on my own, which builds up into that piece. So when somebody sees a mural that I just did with Toyota and they put it out on their commercial, yeah, that piece might not share everything that I want to talk about. But people are going to see it. Then they're going to go back to my work. I'm like, oh, that's what this character represents. Or, oh, that's what this artist is about. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, sometimes I get caught up in it. Like, all right, am I really, like, doing what I want to do? But I just think, you know, there's times you work and there's times you create. Mm-hmm. So It sounds as though it comes from a place of just confidence in your work and what you're creating. So you can take risks and try things. Yeah, you could take risks, you could try things, and then at the end of the day, too, like, I want to inspire my community, and then I can show them, like, yo, look at, I just got paid by Toyota to do my art. Like, yeah, the visual elements in that mural might not be the most, like, politically social forthcoming, but then in today's today's society, people look at the artists, they don't only just see the art. Like, maybe before social media, people just looked at the art Mm -hmm. because they couldn't you know get direct access to the artist but now the the artist is so much in front of people you know it's like you almost have to be as an artist you almost have to present yourself too yes i was gonna ask you about that because you need me to uh (laughs) yeah my air okay (laughs) yes i was gonna ask you that because obviously street artists have historically had the element of secrecy and now people seem to see their murals and then all their work and expect to find that person that's created the work. Yeah. Have a pub- public persona that goes along with the work. Yeah, even if that public persona is not showing your face, you know. Yeah. It's like like oh okay, that's that's something that people look forward to. When it comes to street art, everybody kind of references like Banksy or they reference even like Shepard Fairey. And Shepard Fairey is very everybody knows what he looks like. There comes a time where it's like you do your work you're under the radar and then once you get you know once you kind of do your thing and and you're you're making art for brands you yeah you gotta kind of you know present yourself you don't have to but for me i do it because it's like i want people to see who i am and what i represent plus too at the end of the day i'm not out there on the streets like i used to be so Mm -hmm. it's not like you know the crazy thing you know instead of me going and hitting this building this company and doing my art on the side. Now it's like, all right, sit back and wait. That company's probably going to email me. So, you know, in a way it's like, all right, did I sell out in a way? But in a way, you know, that's just how, you know, how it worked out. I'm not going to, and I got to be smart because the way I grew up, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. I grew up seeing family members 
you know, kind of figure out how to how to make money in mm. certain areas. So for me now, it's like I call my family, like, "Yo, not this. These people just paid me to do this. Like, we're up, you know." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think you could look at it both ways, but as you say, it's inspiring for the community that you're painting for that you're being paid to create yeah. this work. Yeah, exactly. Now I see it as like for me taking on the label of like street artist. I just take it as I'm a street artist because I create art for the people on the streets, you know, mm. like the everyday people, mm. people that come from my background. Mm. And whether that's murals or whether you're doing wheat paste or stickers or graffiti, whatever it is, like you're still adding art in that public space. Mm. And do you mind how people describe your work? Because you could, I've heard people use words like graffiti, urban graffiti, art, street yeah, art, alternative sure. art. Like, yeah. Do you mind any of those? Any that you don't like? Or um, if people ask me, I just tell them I'm a street artist, and I think the the kind of background that I come from is like it's almost like taboo because it's like street artist is seen almost as like a as a gentrifying term. Mm. It's like oh, you gentrified graffiti because of street art. Or even if you think of street artists, I mean, how many street artists do you know that are people of color? You know, for the most part, the big superstars are white street artists. But for me, I take it because I'm like, no, I want to embrace that term. I want to be a street artist. I want to be an artist for the streets. And you've painted on walls all over in lots of different cities now, yeah. haven't you? So yeah. Taking your work beyond Chicago. I've definitely done, you know, all over, all over the U.S., Next, next, I got to get out of here. I go overseas. That's my next goal. Have you got anywhere on your wish list? Come to London. <laughs> I, London, you know, France, Spain, everywhere, mm. anywhere. If I get yeah. out of here, I would, you know, so that's yeah. on my goal for sure. What what kind of advice would you have for someone that is starting out now and wants to make it in the street art world? Um, the The, the advice I would give, that's tough. I mm. think as a young artist... I know they, they hate to hear this, but don't feel entitled that these galleries or brands or even people owe you anything. At the end of the day, you got to make people fall in love with you. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, it's, a, it's like a relationship. Like you want to date somebody, like you can't force somebody to fall in love with you. <laughs> you yeah. Know, you can be like, yo, why aren't you loving me? I'm perfect for you. You got to show people, like go out there, put your art out there and let people genuinely, you know, love what you do. Then that's when the brands and the galleries, you know, nine out of 10 times, these brands and galleries aren't really cultivating the next superstar. In today's world, they're kind of seeing like, they go to someone's social media, like, oh, you got people that really like this, or oh, you got eyes, or oh, you, you're doing something that is genuine to, to your environment and people like it. And I think that that's what it comes down to, you know, do something real. Because when you do it real, wherever direction you go with your art, it's going to always have a platform. Like, don't chase. Don't see a big name artist. All right, let me try that. Like, that don't work out. Find the people that love what you do and just build off of that. Mm. And what are you hoping to do next then? You've gone in quite a lot of different directions with your work. Yeah, that, I think because I'm more of a, I'm a creative storyteller, I guess, as opposed to a painter or a muralist. I mean, I like painting and I like doing murals, but I think at at the root of why I do it is to share a story or to share what's behind that pain and, and mm. that art. But what's next is I just want to take over a museum 
a giant exhibition and I just want kids and everybody all you know walks of life to come and just be inspired in giant space and just think like oh wow like that's dope this dude dropped out of art school his parents didn't even graduate high school and they come from this background and just put your mind to it and dream as big as you can and create your own world you know that's what I want to do like, y'all want to work with a big brand let me create an alternate world mm. that's what I do art for you know Well, I think that, that's a big dream. Taking up a museum is really, would be incredible. Oh, it's in the works. It's yeah. in the works, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would love to come and I would love to see it. I can't wait to yeah. see what you do. You have such a strong character and such big ideas. Yeah. Yeah, I would, yeah you guys come out. We'll, we'll do a podcast at the museum. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, that would be great. Oh, well, thank you so much for talking to me today in yeah, your personal space. It's amazing to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Sophie, for... Yeah, I hope, you know, whoever's listening gets inspired or at least a little, takes a little nugget of advice or mm -hmm. even if it just like sparks something. Absolutely. Thank you for joining this week. Please follow Centrock at Centrock and the podcast at The Visible Artist Podcast. I hope you have a wonderful week in the studio and I'll see you next Friday. 